Hello, magic seekers. You are listening to the Little Scraps of Magic podcast, where you're invited to journey to the depths of your soul in search of pleasure, peace, truth, and grit. Here, you'll go within as you listen to conversations, meditations, and life lessons that will guide you back to your power, help you regulate your nervous system, and remind you that magic is real. I'm your host, Steph Traska, a life and embodiment coach, energy worker, mom of two crazy little boys, and at my core, a wild earth goddess. Whether you're in an energetic space of power and joy, or you're feeling shattered and stuck, it's my mission to nourish you back to your divine wholeness so that you step into your day and life with deep trust and an open heart. Now take a cleansing breath and open yourself up to receive today's little scrap of magic. Anything you want to do. Hello, loves, and welcome back to another episode of the Little Scraps of Magic podcast. Today is a solo episode, and I will be talking about wintering, this concept and idea of pulling inward, sinking into stillness, surrendering to the quiet, preparing for hibernation. I've talked a lot about seasons and cycles. You probably know by now this is how I live my own life, really honoring the ebbs and flows, the blooming, the wilting. This is all a part of being a human being, right? And so I really find it important to deconstruct this idea that we always have to be in harvest mode, in production mode. And so I'll talk a bit about my experience, um, past experiences in finding that wintering space, that time in life when you are being called upon to slow down, to reprioritize. I'll be talking about how I am planning to support myself to winter and to rest over the coming month or months for however long I'm feeling called to be resting, to be in this wintering space, Um, and offering along the way ideas and tips for you to recognize when you might be going into that space yourselves and how you can protect your energy during those times and how you can still find value and love for yourself throughout this season where you may not be producing as much. I also want to point out that this is the final episode for season one of the Little Scraps of Magic podcast. So as I am moving into my wintering, I am taking a month off from recording and editing and launching new podcasts. I will be back at the end of January 2024 if you're listening to this in real time. Um, And there will be new episodes and it'll be season two and it'll be delightful and exciting and fresh. But it felt really poignant to conclude season one with this acknowledgement of wintering, the different levels of energy that we may or may not have to move forward with in our lives. So I'm really excited to get some rest myself and to spend even more time with family or curled up with books and doing some trainings and educating myself on things that uh, have been sitting 
right, in that sort of bank off to the side, getting to it when I can, but instead just really pouring myself into those things that I've been putting off for a while. And so let's cozy up and talk about wintering, what it is and why it's important. So if you are a listener of my podcast, you know I talk a lot about cycles and seasons, episode two, episode eight, really all the episodes, I feel like we cover it. But I would say episodes two and eight specifically talk about cycles and seasons and how they mirror our own human energy and capacity and motivation and how that waxes and wanes. So if you're looking for more information on all of the seasons and all of the cycles, I would definitely recommend you hop on over to either of those episodes. Really briefly though, what I'll say here is that we know there are four seasons, winter, spring, summer, and fall. And each season brings their own opportunities and gifts to operate, to show up in different ways. And so spring would be the season where new buds are forming, right? Where when where everything was once bare and still, we begin to hear the sounds of life around us from animals. We begin to see a little bit more green around us. And if we are comparing this to our human existence rather than just mother nature this is when you might be coming out of a quiet space and you've got a little more energy a little more curiosity a little more ability to respond to the needs of others to develop your relationships a little bit more then we have the season of summer when we look to mother nature of course this looks like everything is in full bloom everything is lush and green there are flowers streets are vibrant with people walking around and moving and running there are the sounds of birds calling and all sorts of other animals that are just scurrying around the forest and the prairies and the mountains this is a time in our life as humans where we are even more engaged in our social relationships again right if we're not saying that in summer you are going to be this way but if you're looking at the summer of your own life that can be happening any time of year your summer looks like this time where you are more engaged in your social relationships, you are producing, you're creating, you're birthing, you're putting things out into the world and you're lit up by it and you're energized by the doing, by the working, by the creating. Then we can look to fall. This is the season when we look to Mother Nature where things are beginning to drop. The leaves are changing colors, orange, yellow, red, brown, falling down to the floor, squirrels scurrying around collecting their acorns, preparing to get themselves all chubby and ready for winter cold. <laughs> and we might be eating more grounding, warm foods because the temperature is falling, right? And so this is what happens in the autumn. It's this letting go. It's this period of letting go of all of that life that we were surrounded by during the summer months. The autumn of the human existence would be, again, the time when you are primed to put down some of the things that you did create and that you brought out into the world. It's a time to wrap up certain projects that maybe you had a big fire under your butt going for a while and now it's like, oof, you just start feeling like this thing is a little too heavy to carry now. I'm going to slow down with it. Feeling a little more quiet, right? I need to pull back a bit from these social engagements, from the spinning wheel of creation. And then 
we have winter. So wintering, this is the season, if we look first to mother nature, where everything appears to be bare from the outside. The trees have dropped their leaves and the grass is no longer a lush, vibrant green. Maybe there's still some green blades or maybe there's yellow. Perhaps everything's covered in a white blanket of snow. Animals are quiet. We don't hear the birds squawking and chirping and talking as much. We don't see the squirrels running around playing tricks on our dogs. <laughs> we don't see insects scurrying around between the cracks of the sidewalk or under the rocks. Right? Life literally slows down. And what we know is that during this time, during winter, while we can't see above the surface of the earth all of the life and vitality and activity that we can in the summer primarily, we know that there are things happening beneath the surface. Because if there weren't, then we wouldn't have spring. New buds wouldn't form. We wouldn't start hearing those birds chirping again. We wouldn't see the flowers beginning to bloom, buds popping up. And so we know that because we do get to see those signs of spring, that during the winter, important work is taking place. And it's the same for us. It's the same for people. There is a great deal that is taking place underneath the surface. There is tremendous value in stopping. When we're not producing, when we're not feeling that pressure to create output, we allow space for input. We can then receive new lessons, new outlooks, new awarenesses, because we're not spinning and just trying to keep up. We are fed this narrative that we have to be continually practicing, working at this peak level. And if it's not a peak level, it's at least this level of work that is supposed to be predictable and sustained with the same amount of energy each and every day, each and every moment. I remember when I was a teacher, <laughs> I got so tired and so burnt out and so overwhelmed with the expectation that I come to the same place every day, first of all, right? And I want to preface too and say, I have utmost respect and love and admiration for the fixtures in society, for the pillars, the people who thrive and flourish in going to work at the same place every day, in doing the same job every day, in a predictable, stable fashion. There is so much value to that. And so when I talk about, if you want to call it alternative, these alternative ways of seeing our lives, seeing ourselves and our value, it's never to deflate other ways of living and other ways of doing things because I do have such respect for these other ways of operating. I, however, <laughs> am not wired or made to live in that kind of energy or rhythm. But in most of our world, our world has been created, our society has been created in such a fashion, in such a way that those ways of operating, being somewhere, right, in this really predictable way, is what is right, is what is correct, is what is successful. And so I spent a lot of my life thinking, I'm lazy. 
I'm not successful. I am not smart. I am not hardworking. I don't fit in because I'm exhausted, right? I'm exhausted and I'm bored and this doesn't fit anymore. So to go back to what I was saying about teaching, right? I loved so much about being a teacher, the ways that the children would light up the ability that I had, the opportunities that I had to create impact on the lives of little children each and every day to make their days better and brighter and more magical. And now as a mother of two little boys, I can appreciate the kind of teacher I was even more because I really, really can feel in my heart and soul how deeply it matters, how deeply it matters to those kids and to their parents that they have someone in their life that they get to go to each day that's going to create warmth and love and acceptance for them right and so I loved being able to do that I loved seeing them light up when they were learning something new that was really exciting for them and so there were these things I really appreciated about teaching but the thing that really hurt and the thing that was really frustrating for me was that it did not allow for me and it does not really allow for most children either to honor their natural rhythms. So in the winter, it's dark out late into the morning, right? The sun doesn't rise until much later, and then it's dark out earlier at night. And this can activate and trigger a response in us to want to sleep in a bit. It's cold. We don't want to get out of bed. We want to stay where it's warm and cozy. And in my mind, I feel like we should be able to do that as much as possible. I definitely understand there are certain career paths, jobs, where that's just absolutely not a possibility, right? But I think that there are ways to create that opportunity and that flexibility in many other areas, right? It doesn't have to exist everywhere. But if only we could create some spaces, some occupations where we were encouraged to listen to our natural rhythms, I just think that would be the most beautiful thing. So winter would come and Or even not winter, okay? I'm describing winter because it is the season that Mother Nature blesses us with that really does vividly point out this beautiful picture of how we slow down, of how we turn inward. Um, But it could be any season. It could be any time of year. And you might just be tired. You might be fatigued. You might be exhausted. And when that happens, when we feel that aching, that longing, that that exhaustion deep in our bones, it just feels like we should be able to respond to it with love, with nurturance, right? And so as a teacher, it was like, nope, you got to be at school by 8.15 every morning, not a second later. And not only that, but you have to show up with the same level of energy, right? The same amount of sparkle and patience and excitement and mystery and the ability to awaken curiosity within others. You are meant to do that and bring that to the same level every single day and sustain it for seven or eight solid hours while you have those children. Because as a teacher, you're on all day. You don't get to retreat to the computer. You don't get to spend too much time in a break room or anything like that. You're, you're there with those children. And I just found that to be really hard for me. You know, I would start thinking like, well, what's wrong with me? I was able to do this last year. I was able to do this a couple months ago. And 
there was nothing wrong with me, right? My body was simply rising and falling, expanding, contracting, opening, closing, and that's so incredibly normal. We are not robots. We respond to stimuli. We get overwhelmed by certain things, and that requires for us to go inward, to have some quiet, to have some solitude, or to have some movement in our bodies, to be outdoors, to expose ourselves to more sunlight, to fresh air. There are different things that we need to support ourselves as we're moving through different cycles of energy, different emotions, and different feelings. And so as a teacher, I really felt like I wasn't able to support myself in the ways I needed. I remember too feeling so incredibly frustrated that we could only have vacation during winter break, which let's be honest, winter break is just full your schedule is just full with families and celebrations and so many different things that it's not really a time that you necessarily get to unplug and get to create spaciousness in your life and then there was the little spring break and then of course summer right what teacher doesn't love summer break but a thing that many people who aren't teachers don't know is that during that summer, you are doing a lot of clean out of your classroom and reorganization and thinking about the next year. And um, it's not the total unplug that that everyone believes it to be, though you definitely do get to sleep in a bit more and stay up late. If you're like me and you're a night owl, you get to respond to your own body's rhythms for a couple months. And that is something that I did appreciate. But it felt like I would have to run myself completely ragged and into the ground during the school year so that I could make it (laughs) to that summer. And that summer, that was when I felt aligned, when things felt right, when I was able to listen to what my body needed. And so this seems like a good moment to bring up what I'd mentioned about wintering. Wintering doesn't only exist in winter. When people are called to winter, people are called to rest, to surrender to the stillness, to slow down. It can happen any time of year. What wintering looks like is it's a time of creating spaciousness, enough space that you can hear your thoughts, that you can have new thoughts instead of running on these habitual patterns, like again, this wheel, this cycle that just when we are so full, when our plates are so full and our lives are so full, it just keeps spinning and spinning and going and going and we just have to keep moving. And when we are in constant motion like that and when we are absorbing new information all the time and then remembering repeat and old information all the time it can be so hard to expand and to open up to new possibilities to new ways of existing and so again like the beauty of looking physically geographically at winter is you see that space right all the leaves have fallen off the trees And boy, do I grieve it hard when summer is coming to an end, when literal summer, (laughs) when Mother Nature summer is coming to an end. I grieve. I get so sad and I'm not ready to let the warmth and the humidity and the green go. But then when I'm sinking in to true physical geographic winter, I'm so grateful and I'm so held by the spaciousness, by the stillness by this vastness in the universe. It's like when the leaves aren't there and when the animals are in hiding, it's like I can literally feel the space around me. And while I'm not 
always going into an emotional, mental, or spiritual winter along with physical, geographic winter, I do find that it often happens, right? That I'm often being called to slow down and to pull inward, to pull back from some of my relationships and just be with myself or be with my nuclear family. That something about that physical space around me says, create space in your own life, create space in your own body, right? Take this time to be conscious with yourself, to understand yourself better, to release some of the flurry of activity that you had going for so long there, right? It can feel kind of chaotic at times, even when we've been creating from a space of, and living from a space of excitement and passion and wonder. It can still create this chaos when we don't ever pull back. And so winter really does create this invitation to transition into living in a way that's just a little more sustainable and to offer opportunities for solitude, to offer opportunities to contemplate where you wanna go in your life and to reflect on what's been really meaningful, what's been really helpful or pivotal or important in the last several months, in the last year or in the last few years. So I wanna talk for a minute about how I came to understand what was happening to my own body, my own mind, my own soul and spirit when I am being called to winter. Because this has happened my entire life. This happens throughout your entire life, even if you are one of those people who is more of a pillar in your community, who does like to have a really stable, predictable job and life. Like You do like to show up with the same amount of energy every day. You do like to show up in the same place at the same time. That helps you to feel safe and secure or motivated and inspired. Even if that is your MO, you are still a human being. You are still a cyclical being you still are going to have periods of rest and you're going to have periods of bloom and summer. So I think it's really important to understand when wintering is coming for us. Because before I understood the signals that my body was giving me, I felt each time this would happen, each time I would be called to surrender and slow down in my life, I felt like I was losing it. I felt like I was failing. I felt like everything that I had worked towards, that I had created, cultivated, that I saw flourishing and picking up, it was like I'm losing it. Oh, this isn't coming easily to me anymore. I'm really wanting to take some space from this. I'm feeling resistance about running this program or I'm feeling resistance about having these plans with friends or family. I'm feeling resistance about launching something. And I would start thinking, what's wrong with me? And again, I think a lot of people are going to think this because we live in a world, in a society that asks us to perform and to live with the same amount of energy at all times. And so we somehow think it's not normal to have dips in our energy or to have our interests change, right? Because we went to school and we learned you conform in a lot of ways, that you conform, that good girls, good boys, they do what they're told and 
this is the template, this is the plan, you follow it, and then you got it, right? Oh yeah, if you just follow this and do that, then you're golden and you're good. And so it takes that deconditioning to accept that you're gonna shift and you're gonna change and what once worked for you is not always going to work. So I'm gonna say you know, what I have noticed and what I have felt and perhaps then you can mirror it back into your own life. But I'll go back because I was talking about my teaching career and so I'm gonna go back to that as my sort of example. You know, I had worked really hard to get my Montessori certification and training. I got my master's in Montessori education. I stuck around with a co-teaching, assisting position in a classroom for several years waiting to have my own room so that it could be mine and I could you know design the space and the, the curriculum and work with the children and all of the ways that I really wanted to to have that autonomy and freedom and so you know I spent all this time developing this part of my life and my path and myself all the while thinking, I'm going to be a career teacher. I'm going to teach at the same school for my entire life. Like there was something about that that in my mind really appealed to me. I don't know. Um, Just knowing the community, having the kids be able to come back and visit their old teacher and she's still there, you know. It just sounded so idyllic to me and it's something that I thought that I wanted. And so it came as such a surprise to me when like my eighth year probably um, out of college and in the teaching world, I started to feel like a little dissatisfied. And that's when I started really growing frustrated with the scheduling, right? Like, uh, I don't want to wake up. I don't want to drive to school. I don't want to be there at 815. I'm really tired today or I slept crappy last night. I just want to sleep in and I wish I had a job where I could work from home or be in my jammies or, you know, have a late start. Those things that used to seem really supportive to me when I was starting my career they started to feel stifling rather than supportive. And that's like one of the first things. It's like those things that once held you or inspired you, they start actually draining you and creating resistance in your body. And how do you know you have resistance in your body? Different ways. Um, it can be just this density that you feel, the sludginess that you feel, like a brick in your stomach, or it can translate in your breath right? Having more shallow, small, rapid breath. You're not nourishing your whole body with deep breaths that come with an energy that is content, that is relaxed, that is at peace. You start feeling angry, right? That was a big one for me. I started getting really angry. I didn't understand how other people at work didn't feel angry too. I was like, why is nobody else really pissed that we only have two-day weekends. Like, this is bullshit, you know? I would go in and get my coffee in the morning in the kitchen before the school day started, and I just was like, what are people in here smiling about? Why are they all talking about what they did last night, and now they're happy to be here? They're happy to be here, just going to be locked up in this building for the next eight hours, you know? Um, And so that was a big clue to me that I was not aligned. And this can be a season in your life, like in your entire life. So for me, this was the beginning of me preparing to leave the teaching profession 
permanently, or at least for a very long time. Who knows? Maybe in a couple decades, I'll go back. (laughs) But sometimes our seasons work that way, right? And it's going to be a permanent shift or change. Other times, it's just going to be temporary. So you don't always know which one it's going to be. So as you're looking for these cues or clues from your own body, that your own body is heading into a wintering, that your own body and soul are needing spaciousness, are needing that surrender, that stillness, that quiet. You don't always know like, oh, is this going to be solitude and space and quiet from this chapter, this season, this profession, this person for the rest of my life? Or is this going to be a temporary dip, a time where I temporarily am going to need to pull back from certain areas, right? And so for me, what I realized was, well, I can't be sustainable. I can't be the best version, the happiest version, the most lit up, passionate, curious version, the most at peace version of myself in a profession such as teaching, because no matter what happens, it's not going to really support me in supporting myself. It's not going to really support me in giving myself space when I need it, et cetera, right? Just because of the way that the children and that the school rely upon you. Um, There's just really no option to pull back when you're tired. (laughs) You know, there are ways to support yourself once you get home or on your ride in. And I did those things, right? So like, okay, when I'm going into a season of wintering, as I did not, I didn't know what it was, but I knew I was feeling space and resistance coming up for myself at that time in my life. It was creating really nourishing circumstances around me in every other space that I could think of. And so that would be in my car ride. That was a big one, like having a very specific beverage and a very specific cup that I would get to sip on on my way in and certain podcast or audiobook or music that I would listen to on my way in or on my way home that it was this extension of the sacred rest and inspiration that I felt in the walls of my home I would bring that into my car and then when I would have lunch break at school well we didn't have lunch break you really had to eat with the kids most of the time um, but that was an instance where I we, was fortunate enough to be in a school where we had co-teachers or assistants and I could talk to my assistant of like okay certain lunches you eat in the lunchroom or I'll eat in the lunchroom and one of us will stay in our classroom with all the children and so you know creating any place that I could time for myself to be nourished with something um I eventually had to get permission and everything because that's how it is when you're a teacher but Um, once or twice a week to take a walk outside. So I would just like bring a protein bar or scarf my lunch in. We had 30 minutes total, you know, from start to finish for your lunch. If you got to take any lunchtime, that is. (laughs) And um, I would scarf my food down and then walk outside, you know. And so those were the ways that I would support myself of like, okay, I'm really feeling like I need my body to be removed from this physical location and space in order to thrive in any way shape or form and so it was that like my commute no longer was my commute my commute was sacred time for myself to be nourished with a hot beverage and you know a podcast that I'd find inspiring and then when I could during the day at lunch okay again creating this time 
a way out of the school building where I could move my body, where I could remember parts of myself that I'd forgotten because that's one of the things when we are living in this really habitual patterned way, doing the same things again and again and again, we just start fulfilling those roles. We just start acting in this certain energy and we don't often stray from it. But when we can disrupt that pattern and when we can create another space to take ourselves, well, then we can remember that other parts of us exist. You see something different literally visually is what I'm saying, right? You can see something different when you're walking outside, when you're not in the confines of that building. And it reminds you of something else in your life, something you'd long forgotten about. And that opens a door and a pathway, a neural pathway, or an imaginative pathway, a hypothetical pathway, but it opens something up in you that allows you to just be and to feel a little bit different and I think that's a big piece of wintering it's when we are in search of something different when our bodies minds spirits and souls are craving some kind of variable or diversity we're craving variety in some way and oftentimes the only way to arrive at what that new thing, what that novelty is going to look like, be like, or feel like is to let go of certain things that we have been holding onto, behaviors, patterns, beliefs, jobs, just a way of living that, yeah, it worked for a long time. It was supportive. It worked for us. And so we don't necessarily want to let it go, right? Just like I'd mentioned earlier in the show, gosh, I worked really hard <laughs> to get to this place where I had my own classroom and I was teaching and, and all of that. And then to like let it go <laughs> when I'd spent all this money and this time developing this part of my identity and my life path and my present and my future. And now I have to let it go. But I did, right? In order to find the path that I'm on now, to be where I am now, I had to let those things go. And it comes with the wintering. It comes with this call and this resistance in the body Things are too heavy. Everything is really full. It's overflowing. And I'm going to explode if I don't put things down, right? And so again, we see like in nature, the leaves drop, everything goes bare, everything goes quiet, and, and it's all happening underneath the surface underground so that new life can come in the spring. And so we're going to be the same way. It's like, what are you willing to put down? What are you willing to give up so that you can have the space to remember or to reclaim or to discover new parts of yourself? And I think when we can understand that what's happening to us is normal, healthy, transformative in really beautiful ways, it's easier to let those things go. It's easier to put those things down because we now understand I'm not failing. I'm not going backwards. I'm not a mess. I'm not reverting or regressing in some way. I'm getting ready for my new iteration. I'm getting ready for the next deep initiation. I'm going to rise. I'm going to ascend. I'm going to make big moves here, right? And that is what wintering often brings. It's like it's giving you the space 
to become whoever you are called to be next or giving you the space to create whatever you're meant to create and birth into the world next. You're not going to be able to do that though if you don't have the space, if you don't put the things down. So the way that I started learning that I was wintering was going through it enough times and was having the courage and bravery to really be honest, to put the things down and lay to rest what was needed in order for me to transcend and transmute and create an alchemical process where I was allowing myself to become the next version of me. And so you do that, you put the things down, you have the quiet seasons where you're reading, where you're resting, where you're keeping a little bit more to yourself, you're having a rich internal world, or you're having really good active rest active rest that means when we're really bettering ourselves not passive rest where we are scrolling social media binge watching totally important part of the rest process but cannot be the only part (laughs) you put the things down you have the quiet seasons and then you feel yourself coming back to life you have these new ahas you feel the energy moving and the new you gets to be born and so it was through experience through living this cycle a few times that now when I start feeling resistance in something when I start feeling exhaustion when I start feeling triggered or overwhelmed or disinterested in something that I'm doing which feels like crazy to me sometimes when you have your own business when you're an entrepreneur and I'm a manifester in human design and so I initiate and create new things that matter to me a whole lot like I don't create anything that doesn't light me the fuck up <laughs> that doesn't just make me so incredibly excited and doesn't have tremendous depth and connection in my soul but when I start feeling that resistance coming right like I said that new cycle is coming oh a rest cycle is coming I now know oh my gosh I'm getting ready to go through another initiation. How incredibly exciting. What a miracle. What a gift. What an opportunity that I get to have here. I get to surrender to this call. I get to put down what I've been carrying, what I've been holding. I can reflect on the beauty and the magic that it created. And then I get to take space to do what I want to do to read novels, to play with my kids, to watercolor paint, to start knitting a little bit again, to move my body more, to play with my sound bowls. Like I do all of this with the deepest trust and knowing now that I'm creating the space and the play and the rest that is needed for this next version of me to come. And I'm so excited to meet her. That's the amazing thing, right? Is once this wintering is through, I'm going to be this powerful, exciting, inspiring new woman. And it's not that I want to rush through winter to get to her because I don't. And that's the next thing that I've, I've learned too is like when you know and you trust, like, ah, this is a cycle and a process and it's going to come around again. I get to really relish in the softness, in the space, and in the quiet. I don't feel compelled or anxious about when's this going to be over. Um, when can I get back to 
normal life or how things used to be. I now know, well, it's not going to go back to how it used to be. I'm never going to be that version of me again. Those things that were most important to me at that time in my life, they're not going to be the most important things to me in a couple of months or in a couple of years. My children, yes. But in terms of being a creator for me, I suppose, um, and in terms of just how I live, like the things that I choose to attend, you know, events that I choose to go to, the things that I choose to nourish myself with. Some of those things may stick around, but some of them were there for a season so that I could learn what I needed to learn to become the version of me that I am today. And then I get to let those things go and create space for new hobbies, new interests, new things that I am absorbing and integrating into my being. And so that's the other beautiful, beautiful thing about winter is like it really brings you into a place of presence in your life. At least for me, it has. Because when you realize too, okay, that version of me from the last couple years She's not really going to be coming back. Um, so you know that as you're living in those moments, you really try to spend as much conscious time in relationship with yourself and with those who you've surrounded yourself with, the people in your life, because you know that there's going to be another shift. There's going to be another season that, that this version of you is not going to be around forever. And so for me, it's like, it really enables me to live more fully in all the moments of my life because I know that I'm not going to stay the same forever. So it's like really get to know that woman, really get to know her and play with her and and pick her brain and and explore all of the gifts that she has to offer and the abilities that she has because once you go into wintering season again you're going to be putting a lot of those pieces and things identities down and many of them you may not pick up again many of them may just stay right nourishing the soil that is feeding your roots, that is keeping you anchored to the ground. You imagine yourself as a tree, but it's not going to be alive in you and present in you in the ways that you may have known. So for me, over the last several years, I'm getting close at the time of this recording to four years in business for myself. I had my son, Bruce, in March of 2019, and I knew right away I didn't want to go back to work full time. I had already been feeling that season of wintering coming. I had already been feeling the resistance building like, oh, part of me it really is craving this change and needing this change. Had my son Bruce felt definitively in every fiber of my being that I needed to create a way to work for myself, to have autonomy, freedom, flexibility, to be with my children as much as I wanted, and to follow my own innate rhythms that I had been swallowing and pushing down for so long. And so I had to let go, right? I had to hang up my teacher hat and say, all right, I'm willing to give up my classroom. At that time, I still needed to work um, just where our family was financially. It required that I have a stable, reliable, we know exactly what I'm getting paid every month <laughs> kind of income. And so I was able to slip down to part-time. So I, I gave up my 
classroom so that I could have two extra days a week at home with Bruce. So I was working three days a week. I was basically an assistant floater position in a school. Um, and, you know, it served me in the ways that I wanted it to serve me as a mother. However, creatively and as a person, it was not fulfilling at all. And so it was during that year that I had to let go of even more in different ways. And eventually I had the opportunity to quit my job and to try starting my own business. And so I did that in the late winter, uh, January of 2020 is when I really started working towards creating my business and had my first offerings and, and all of that out there by May of 2020. And I had hung up my teaching hat and that sprung from a wintering, that sprung from letting go (laughs) of everything that I had known and of feeling the resistance of carrying everything that I had been carrying. That's what enabled me to turn over the new leaf, right? I had let go of certain things, created space in my life to explore what I could be in this next iteration. And I, at the time, was like, oh, I'll be a Montessori consultant, help parents implement Montessori at home. I'm going to do digital events for moms to learn about child development and self-development because these were things that I felt confident that my background stood for. This is what my education is about. Quickly felt the calling, heard the calling for women to be supported, moms to be supported in starting their businesses. And so I pivoted because at the time it was like, okay, whatever I can do to make this dream of working from home and having my own business a reality, I'm going to do. And so I answered that call and I found that I actually loved helping moms start their businesses. And I did that for the first couple of years, a mindset and business coach for moms. And I also still shared a lot about gentle, respectful Montessori parenting. And that worked for a long time until it didn't. And I've told that story. I told that on episode one. I had my second son, Everett. Um, Now it's been two and a half years since he was born. But after he came into the world, again, just everything in me shifted. And I didn't know still (laughs) that a new season was going to be upon me. I was like, ugh. Why am I feeling resistance in my work? Why don't I want to do this membership that I just launched and created and have all of these incredible women in? You know, I mean, these questions of just why isn't this working kept coming to me. And I kept just thinking, I am such a mess of a human. Like, what happened to me after I had this baby that... I want space from all of this and this doesn't feel exciting and this doesn't feel good and this doesn't feel true anymore. And... Eventually, I surrendered, right? And I, again, put down, laid down this version of me that I'd known, all of these things that I'd worked really hard to cultivate, to create, and to bring out into the world um, so that I could be the woman that I wanted to be. And reluctantly, I put it down. I mean, I went down kicking and screaming, I will say. (laughs) Uh, But it was in that space that... I got to start nurturing the next version of me. And that's a version of me that started learning about cycles and cyclical living, the moon, your menstrual cycle, the seasons. And that's when I got into EFT and breathwork and Reiki and women's circles and sound healing. And that's become my life path, right? That's what I've known for the last 
two years or so. That's what I brought into the world. I took a, a quiet season um, when I came back from my maternity leave after having Everett. And that did happen to fall during the winter. So it was that winter of 2021 and 2022. And then I was reading books and just starting to really sink into enjoying this leisure. <laughs> and it was in that that the next light bulbs and creative movements started coming through me. And that's what I've been doing for the last couple of years. I had a year-long program called Chrysalis. And it was all about working with the seasons in your own transformation, in your own entrepreneurial or motherhood or spiritual metamorphosis it was built upon this idea and this knowing that we are as human beings we are made to transform we are meant to have different versions of ourselves be brought to life and that this is something to be celebrated and I loved doing that program. I, I loved all the things that I brought to life during that time. But I do remember, again, when I had planned to run Chrysalis again, I thought, this will be a signature program. I'll run this again and again. It's too good to to let go. It's something I have to keep offering and keep doing. And I had a wonderful team of women who were helping me to facilitate that I just absolutely adore and love with every part of me. And yet, <laughs> and yet, even with all of those women on board and supporting me for another round, another cycle, another launch or run of Chrysalis, I began to feel this resistance again. And it was you know, we were probably 75% of the way through that year. And we were talking about how to set ourselves up for the next round, Chrysalis 2.0, as we were calling it. And every time we went to talk about it, I just had that dull feeling in my belly, like this, doof, just this big wall of resistance. Like, no, you're not, <laughs> you're not, you can't, we're, you're not doing this right now. We're not going to talk about how to market or how to launch. We're not going to talk about pricing it and what might change and what might stay the same. I just physically couldn't have the discussions. And I remember all the resistance in my body. I remember just feeling so bad telling the other women and telling some there were some women that were wanting to take the program again as clients as as participants um and just having to tell them like it's not true for me to continue doing this at least not right now I was like I don't know what it is but I know what this feeling is now and I can mourn parts of it because it is sad to let go of something that we really truly loved and that we know was meaningful, impactful, powerful um, for us and for others. But you just can't hang on to something when it's not true for you anymore. And that feeling of something not being true is the feeling of winter coming. It's the feeling of, okay, it's time to take a rest now. It's time to have some space from this thing that has consumed you or this life or these patterns, these rhythms that have consumed you or defined you for however long, right? For me, it had been for the last year or two. For you, it can be something that's consumed you or identified you for your entire life. Um, but 
yeah, it was hard and there was mourning involved and confusion on my part involved still of like, but how? How can I not be ready to run this again? It's going to be easier the second time to run something, right? Um, But I just knew in my heart and soul, like I'm probably getting ready for a rest cycle here. And if I'm to rest, if I'm to really rest and sink into this fertile void, I cannot be running this program. You know, I cannot be pouring myself into the women who would come into the program and and all of the other components of it. It just wouldn't allow me the space that I need. And so finally, I think the last sort of thing I want to weave into this talk or this conversation I'm having with myself (laughs) through your earbuds is... um, you know, I had created this beautiful support system for myself over the last few years. When I started my business, um, we're very fortunate to have grandparents, our parents, watching our children some of the time with regularity. And then we hired a nanny once ever it was born, you know, someone that would come 15 hours a week and give some extra help because as my business was growing and blossoming, I needed the time to continue to give to it. And so if you listen to my episode on awakenings, maybe episode 11, our nanny that we had, I mean, it was like a series of events, actually. We had something come up with my mom this summer where she was unable to give an entire day of care to our children as she had over the last four years. And then the nanny that we'd had for a couple of years, we needed to let her move on to find another family and bring someone in who could be with both our boys because she had just watched the baby whenever it was a baby. And we needed someone that could be with both Bruce and Everett. And so we brought in this amazing woman. Um, She was with us just for a brief six weeks, I think. And then she had to step away from our family as well. And so it was like within the course of three months or so, we lost three caretakers and that at that point I was like okay (laughs) this is not a coincidence right this is the universe calling me towards what's next I am not meant to replace any caretaker for my children with another person from outside our family I am meant to step in here I am meant to step into motherhood with my children And while I felt that resistance in that one program, I mentioned chrysalis, like, oh, I've got to put that down. I didn't realize that it would actually really be a lot of my work, much of my work, that I would be called to lay to rest for a while. So I'm still facilitating a monthly community women's circle locally here in Cleveland. I still have a six-month women's circle program called The Village, where it's the same group of eight women, and we get together a couple times a month and have sacred ceremony and circle and also have really casual, just fun time together. Uh, Still doing those programs. And then I'm still doing the podcast, But otherwise, I'm just offering little snippets of like, oh, you can do an EFT session with me, one-on-one 60-minute session. Um, And I don't know what else. You know, I'm trying to kind of look at my life and look at my space and my desires and my energy and see how much do I want to remain open for and how much space do I need in this season of winter? 
because what I have learned in wintering and going through these cycles a few times now, consciously a few times now, is that the more space, the better. It's not about what can I squeeze in? How can I make this work? It's how much space do I want and need? What feels really big and open? Because the bigger and more open it feels, (laughs) the better. Um, The more chance that I have to really spread my wings and to go deeper, you know, to send my roots deeper, deeper, deeper into the earth and source what I am meant to source and bring into my body and fuel myself with. So yeah, that is where I am in my life right now, um, where I'm headed. I am just feeling really grateful to know my body and to understand the rhythms and the waves in which my energy works and to be in full acceptance of it and to have deep, deep reverence for every version of myself, whether she looks like she is producing and creating all of this output in this societally valuable way or not, right? Just being a human and loving and caring for others and tending to myself and my needs and giving myself space to expand and just trusting that the journey is going to unfold exactly how it is meant to. So I am looking forward to my little break here from podcasting. I am going to be popping in here though a few episodes of podcasts that I have been a guest on. So while I am going to be wintering and having some rest uh, before I prepare for releasing season two, you will be able to hear some episodes where I've been a guest on other people's podcasts. And so while it might not always be exactly the subject matter and the themes that I explore here on the Little Scraps of Magic podcast, it can still give you something to tune into if you are a weekly subscriber and listener. And depending on how (laughs) recent or how old the episode is, uh, could give you some peeks into other cycles of my life that I've been in and hearing um, just some other seasons that I have lived. So I am sending you so much love wherever you are in the world and in your life right now, whether it is a true physical geographic winter that you find yourself in or an emotional winter or whether you're somewhere completely different and you are in full bloom and blossoming and just feeling really full of life and motivation and energy. However you are feeling in your life, whatever you are finding to come through you right now, just sending you all of the blessings and the assurance that you are exactly where you need to be and whatever you are carrying and whatever you are or aren't producing you are perfect you are beautiful and you are more than enough thank you so much for spending your time with me today it's such an honor to be invited into your space if you love today's show subscribe and leave a review so you don't miss a thing and If you're looking for more in-depth support in your life, if you're seeking to be held and inspired for your growth, I do offer one-on-one EFT or tapping sessions, spiritual life coaching, and other group programs. 
I always am talking about these on my Instagram, which is Steph, S-T-E-P-H dot Traska, T-R-Z-A-S-K-A. And also on my website, littlescrapsofmagic.com. So please wander over to either of those platforms and see how I can support you more deeply. Until next time, keep looking for those little scraps of magic.